0: This is an ABC podcast. This is Stories from the Pacific on ABC Radio Australia. Hello and welcome to Stories from the Pacific on ABC Radio Australia. I'm Bobby McCumber. Well, the Pacific Games were held in the Solomon Islands in November, and what better time to bring you a gold medalist from those games, Fiji's very own Mede Roden. Mete also claimed gold at the 2015 and 2019 Games. Mete discovered para table tennis in her late 40s and within two years of starting, she'd made it to the 2016 Rio Paralympics. But she spent years before that championing the rights of people with a disability in Fiji. She continues that work today and at the age of 56, as a mother and a grandmother, Mete is still competing. She joins me now from Suva in Fiji. Bulavanaka, Mete. Bula vinaka, bula vinaka. Uh, Mere, I'd love to learn about your upbringing. You spent your childhood in Raiwaka in Fiji. What do you remember most about growing up there?
1: People were very respectful. Uh, we were not very rich, but uh, still full of love. My mum was a very different uh, uh, woman. She was uh, brought up in the uh, religious uh, religion uh, religious background, uh, Methodist church, so I'm uh, an Adventist now. But then, uh, yeah, she was mostly um, reading uh, the Bible instead of uh, the newspapers and the magazines. And that was something she uh, taught us to to love one another and to always be uh, helpful to others. And I guess with that upbringing, within that area, it was uh high, densely populated area, but then people had so much love for each other. They shared food. Uh, We would be taking uh, preparing lunch on Sundays, mostly in the weekends, and we would uh, have a bowl of uh, something that we were having that we would take it to another uh, family on uh, other blocks, and uh, the others would do the same. Yeah.
0: What type of houses were you living in, and were they all similar in the village?
1: Uh, No, that was very different. These were four-story buildings and uh, there there was a a lifetime to it. Like uh, when we were growing up, that was what I heard from my father, that it was meant for low-income earners to live uh, for around not more than uh, 10 years. And if they are able to move away to someplace better, you know, then uh, so good for them. So that was what happened to my family. My dad did that early 1970, around 1976. We had left Rewanga and we had moved to another uh, suburb. uh, Well, I guess another town, Nasinu town. We moved to Nasinu town and we had a house of our own, a single unit there.
0: And I believe it was Saturday Night Fever quite big at that time when you were growing up, a, a song by uh-huh. John Travolta, is that right?
1: Yes, yes, yes. That was during that time of John Travolta. That John Travolta came in and it's like everyone trying to be John Travolta. Most of the boys would be dancing and even though the little girls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was something Kea, that was uh,
0: famous amongst us uh, growing up in that area. Uh, back then, Mere, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: I guess I've always wanted to be in the medical field. I played toys like uh, I would have little syringes and I would be busting little dolls thinking that I'm a nurse and I'd be taking care of sick people. <laughs> and uh, I, I actually had a stethoscope, I remember, uh, growing up. That was because I wanted to be uh, in that field. Well, no regrets. It did not happen. But then uh, I guess I'm helping people around me. And that's enough.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And we'll touch on that um, a little bit later on as well, Merev. But what kind of values did your parents raise you with? I guess uh,
1: respect, love, always uh, respecting our elders. And, you know, that was uh, something I, I don't see now. I don't see that nowadays, it's not easy to see that and uh, you know even getting a uh, uh, spent nowadays there's uh, laws around us that you know children have to be raised in a different way but uh, they have their rights. I guess we did not know about that way back and I, I would say that it was uh, better uh, uh, in some ways that because we respected our parents and uh, we would really Struggle knowing that, you know, you have to work hard to, to live in this world. And, yeah, I guess that's uh, so much of a, that we were thought of to love one another and to respect one another.
0: It was something that, yeah. When it came to having your own family, what did you want to pass on to your kids? I guess I wanted to
1: what my, the good things that I had been taught by my mom, because we live in an informal settlement. And uh, I would always remind them that when I moved into this uh, settlement, it was due to circumstances with me and my husband. Uh, it was closer to where we were working then. But then I said, it doesn't mean that you uh, come in and you mix with everyone else, that you forget your teaching, because what you are taught in your family is what you are when you go out there into the community. To keep continue living that life of loving one another and helping people around you. When they are in need and you have it, share it. Give it to them. And you will always see that it will always uh, keep coming. And, and, there, and that's something that we've experienced. My kids have experienced that too. But I'm not, saying they, I'm not saying that they are good children. They get influenced by their peers. My boys, because I've got four boys, uh, one is uh, there in Melbourne in Australia. The three that are uh, here in Fiji. Yeah, they get off track at times, and I just have to to remind them that you know, keeping the place clean, uh, making sure that when you go to bed, everything else is uh, kept away. The dishes are washed every now when you finish your meal, and uh, when you burp, you say excuse me. <laughs> 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 and, um, uh, yeah, well. That was how I was taught. We were not, uh, some people would say that the whites are the only ones that have manners, maybe, or they teach that to their kids. Uh, I thought that because that was something my mom taught us at home. And then I want to pass that down. I, I'm always reminding them, and I always remind my husband you come with the teachings that you were taught from your background, from your home, your upbringing. That is something you need to pass to your children. It doesn't mean you're living in an informal settlement that you keep saying things like, Oh, because this is a squatter or this is a, you know, an informal settlement? No. For me, that is a no-no. I believe that I was raised by a parent that wanted me to do things the right way, not to steal, not to love something that's not yours. But this is the teachings I teach my children, exactly what my, my mom has taught me.
0: Yeah. Uh, and you speak of your children. How big is your family with children? And do you have grandchildren as well?
1: I I do, I do. I have uh, my, as I had said, my four boys, one is in Australia and the three are here in Fiji. And I have two girls and the the girls are the ones that have uh, been married and have kids. Uh, I have six grandchildren now. We are struggling, but we are surviving. And that's all that matters.
0: Meta, you've used your life experience to help others, particularly women. One of the ways you did that was through a Suva city market stall. What was the purpose of that?
1: Uh, well, that was, uh, I would say, uh, specifically for women with disabilities to be able to sell their their products. Uh, we were focusing on our members as uh, I uh, manage a spinal injury association. So we had a women's group, and that was what we felt that we had to do, uh, get our women uh, with uh, those uh, physically impaired. But then we just did not focus on the physically impaired. We did involve the deaf, uh, whatever that they could uh, do. Uh, Some of them were very good uh, machinists. We would involve them in sewing, whatever they could sew. And those that had paintings, we would uh, take them down and uh, have them sold at the market store. Uh currently, I would say that is a bit low in the work that we are doing in regards to that. People have moved on. A lot of our members have passed on, our women. But that that is something that we are trying to to strengthen. Yeah.
0: Mm. You also helped steer the response to COVID-19 to ensure people with disabilities weren't left out. How important was that role?
1: Uh, that was very important because the message needed to be uh, inclusive. The message that was sent out to the communities, and that was something we were emphasizing with the Ministry of Health, that whatever that they had to say, that they need to remember persons with disabilities. We had to practice that going out into the communities. The safety measures uh, that was uh, been uh, administered uh, throughout Fiji, we did uh, have that with our uh, our technicians, that when they visit, uh, go on their outreach trip, they will have their masks on and, uh, you know, the uh, safety wear uh, when they enter in the various homes to assist uh, persons with disabilities in regards to uh, mobility devices. They would introduce themselves and uh, make the families understand why they are dressed up in such a way. You know that that doesn't create fear because you know some of us when we see those things, you know, straight away going to, oh my goodness, because some haven't heard about that uh, about the safety measures, they would be thinking about hospital because it's most similar, very close to what the uh, people in the hospitals and the operation theatres would be wearing, and you know, making sure that the the messages went down to uh, to the grassroots level. eh?
0: You mentioned this before, but you're now with the Spinal Injury Association. What are you most proud of when it comes to your work there? Serving people. You serve different people every day. Uh, Seeing the smiles on their faces
1: brings satisfaction to me. When people come in with their needs, whether it's a a wheelchair, and when they come in uh, and we don't have wheelchairs when it's not available and we have a commode with wheels and then... You know, and they say, oh my gosh, that will do, and I'm just so happy. And when they smile, they don't know how much I'm happy, how happy I am. You know, I'm satisfied. I'm thinking that, yeah, that's a big relief, whoever it is, that it's an old woman or an older man who's going to use that, a little child who's going to to be uh, carried, or they are going to look after him much more easily at home, because... That commode is going to meet the need. Maybe it's not a wheelchair, but then at least, you know, something in replace.
0: You said when you were younger, you wanted to grow up, you wanted to work in the medical field and help people. Do you feel like you've uh, ended up doing it in the end, not in the medical field, but you're absolutely helping people?
1: Yeah, very much, because we also uh, hand out uh, catheters if we have them in stock, see if nurses know about them. We do know a bit. I do know a bit about that <laughs> and uh being a user of uh catheter and uh yeah. Uridomes and these are little things that we hand out to our, our members in need. So it's no difference. I think I'm also doing a bit of my 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 dream of being a doctor or a nurse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Uh, You absolutely are. You're listening to Stories from the Pacific on ABC Radio Australia. I'm Bobby McCumber and I'm speaking with Fiji's para-table tennis champion, Mede Roden, joining me from Suba in Fiji. Mede, how did it feel playing table tennis for the first time?
1: Oh, my gosh. When I tried it for the first time, I said, I love it. I love it. I was in love with table tennis. Everyone around me burst out laughing and I said, well... It's just how much I just love the sport. And, you know, just trying to get that little ball across to the other person and finding ways to, to make a, a score, make a point. It was fun. You know, I just felt like everyone else should play the sport when I tried it. Yeah.
0: How were you first
1: introduced to the sport? It was through a colleague. She's passed on. Uh, she was also in a wheelchair. Somehow she had met up with Anthony Ho, the late Anthony Ho. uh, And then uh, they got her to to one of the trainings. I think it was a coaching clinic that they had. So she decided to come back and share it with me. She thought when she spoke to me, she said, you know, I was thinking about this. I just know that you will be the best person to take over. She gave me the manual and she said, you should try out the sport. And that was in 2014 late 2014 so I decided to go in and just give it a
0: go. So you enjoyed playing it for fun to begin with what made you want to take it up competitively?
1: Well when I was uh, as I was uh, as I started and I was going into it like uh, day in day out and coming close to the end of 2014 around uh, December that was when I heard one of the uh, able-bodied uh, person saying uh, that you know mentioning that uh, the tournament that was going to be in uh, in Australia, Bendigo, and then I I just queried and then she said, you know, uh, Mary, you could be uh, a uh, an athlete, eh? potential uh, athlete, and I said, what? And she said, to participate at this uh, women's uh, competition, they have it every year in uh, Australia. I'm just, uh, she said that she was watching me in my trainings and she's thinking that I should make a good uh, player. I should go. And I said, when does it happen? She said, it's coming in April 2015. I said, whoa, I'd love to. I'd love to try. And yeah, it happened. And that is just how it just started. And then I've been traveling since then.
0: Yeah. Talk me through the moment you won your first gold medal at the 2015 Pacific Games in Port Moresby. What was that like?
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I just, uh, I was emotional. I was excited. I was everything at that moment. I just couldn't believe that I had uh, actually won. You know, it's like I was thinking to myself that... Uh, yeah it's it's happening. it's yeah that you know I just came in, I was just thinking back about how I started and and now I'm in that i mean i'm I'm becoming a champion in the sport. that was what I thought, but then I was just saying thank you to the Lord and returning the glory to be his for that uh, victory. I actually do that for all my gold and whatever, even if it's a silver or bronze. I return the glory to God.
0: Hmm. Mere, what did it mean to you to be the flag bearer for Fiji at the 2016 Rio Paralympics?
1: Oh, my goodness. I was head over heels for that. They said that, and I said, what? Is it really going to be me? And I felt like, oh, maybe they're going to change it, you know, like there's going to be some changes later. And then they said, no, it's going to be you. And I said, oh, my gosh. I'll be in front of thousands of people. And I just don't know. But then, yeah. Uh, and I, I didn't know that, you know, now I, I forgot about these phones and things that we have, you know, how the social media just gets to uh, take the messages and whatever so fast, you know, to uh, around the world that I was just thinking to myself that it's just us there, the crowd, and then... Probably taking pictures and it would be seen later by people at home. I forgot about the Facebook and all this, and you know somehow the news has gone out and people have messaged after I had, uh, you know, the, after the opening. But I'm so excited and to be in front and holding my country flag. And I don't know when I will ever do that again, but I'm just so thankful that I I have done that.
0: You turned forty nine that year. What has the sport done for your physical and mental health?
1: Oh, I, I guess when I I would say that that has made me uh, think clearly too, and uh, my uh, physically, I would say that my body, uh, my muscles are more relaxed because I do a lot of uh, training. Well, actually, when I was really into it, I would say that that is something that I'm just lacking right now. And I've just come back and then I've gone back into working and uh, a lot of sitting down. And I've just tried to join the uh, uh, Paralympic uh, team, City Paralympic committee and uh, going down to the gym and doing some stretches. But then, yeah, being involved in sports is something that you get into too. And I feel so good because I need to stretch my muscles and I've become a lot stronger and I've noticed a lot of people around me are, are noticing it and I, they're thinking that I look much healthier and so much stronger when I'm transferring into the taxis to the various uh, vehicles that I uh, would uh, transfer myself into. I, I, I even uh, I feel it myself so much uh, better than before.
0: That's great. Uh, Mede, you competed at last year's Pacific Games in Honiara. When it comes to equipment, what kind of chair are you using for competition?
1: I'm just using a normal daily chair that I use here in Fiji. Nothing special. And, you know, it's uh, that is something. Uh, I'm able to win medals with just what I have. And I know that uh, people overseas athletes they come in with a different type and we're always looking at their chairs and thinking that oh man that is so nice they're able to just move so fast with it they could just you know twist themselves so easily with the with the chairs that they have which does not happen with mine but then if I'm winning something I think if I had to have something like this something that's even better then I would be really doing so much better. <laughs>
0: These chairs that you speak of that you see international players using, are, are they quite expensive? Is is it the funding that uh, is why you're in, I guess, the chair that you're in and then you see other athletes in these type of chairs? I guess that would be something that's missing out
1: with the uh, sports that we are part of. Uh, the grants for equipment, that would be something that's lacking. That, uh, that would be something that they need to look into, eh? to be able to purchase or
0: procure uh, equipment for us. I guess if you're winning gold medals at the 2015, 2019, 2023, uh, your chair is just fine. (laughs) Uh, Mede, tell me, what was it like for you in Honiara? Uh,
1: I I loved the the weather. It was just, uh, I would say it was hot. I sweated like I've never sweated here at home. (laughs) I think it was three times so Hotter over there, even with the Australians and the other uh, uh, New Caledonians and uh, New Zealanders, I could see them, you know, trying to get a bit of, uh, they have their little fans and water sprays that they are just sprinkling it around every now and then just to be cool. And for us, because, yeah, what we have, we're used to the heat, but that heat, I said, my goodness is so different, you know, when I just put my head down when I'm trying to get dressed before I have to leave with the, uh, our um, accommodation that the sweat is already going down onto the floor and I have to get a fan just to keep fanning me so I don't do that, you know but then um, life was so good we enjoyed it, the food was lovely I love the, uh, I missed the watermelons and the uh, pineapples, yes. I miss that really. very sweet something that uh, we, talk to, we talk about that a lot here with my colleagues for mm-hmm. those of us that had the uh, gone to Honiara and I I would say people are so loving and caring oh my goodness they are just so loving and caring once again you will just see someone you might not think that way because you might think that they are maybe stubborn or but as soon as you open up a conversation they turn around and that's the way the world should be we talk I used to say that Fiji should be the way the world should be but I think these people my gosh they are so good people.
0: Well, it sounds like you adapted to the uh, the temperatures better than a lot of people. I was there myself, and it was super hot. But I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you adjusted and you enjoyed it, uh, Meta. What are your hopes for others that are coming into the sport?
1: I just hope that people don't just uh, sit back and dream about participating in the sport. You know because. The sport is opening up to everyone out there. You know, they, for us, uh, mostly with us, so it's okay, we are saying that with disability, we, we keep saying that we want to, we would love to to travel, we want to be like that. But the more they say, the more they are keeping themselves back. They are not even trying to just uh, sacrifice, a, you know, to move. I guess taking a step is something. Uh, the rest is just coming to place, and I think that because that was what I did, people might think that uh, it's because I was uh, working. I've uh, walked by faith in my journey, and I've used to even just going down one way when the transport was available with uh, my organization. They would just drop me off at the venue for training, and from the venue home was in God's hand. And I've seen Him meet my need. I would just come up and. No one knows I didn't have a penny in my in my purse. I would just come up to the roadside, and I know that this God here will provide somebody. And you know, there's maybe a couple driving past. They would just park and say that they want to give me a lift, and I would uh, hop in. Or an old friend driving past would uh, yell out and say that they want to drop me home. And yeah, and I, I I believe in that. I believe that God has been through my every morning, and He's been my provider throughout sick and thin. He's always there. He's closer than what I'm wearing. I will always bank on that. Hmm.
0: What programs are being run in Fiji for people to get involved in para-table tennis?
1: I guess we've got uh, community development. We've got our officers uh, with table tennis that would go out and uh, also go out to schools. Within the urban centres, they go to the uh, um, special schools. So no, teaching the very young ones. Yes, yeah? uh, raising awareness on the sport, and then they do that if they if there's an invite, if there's a community that wants them to be there, then they would take the sport there. And uh, I guess a lot of, of this is a challenge because of funding eh? to develop the sport and uh, getting a lot of people in. I guess the focus, I would say, is mostly around the urban centres and the suburbs around. Um, we need to 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 think of the uh, far remote areas too, those in the rural areas. If there's a way that we can get them involved,
0: yeah. Have you found that in the Pacific Games last year, so 2023, are there more para athletes competing in these games than when you first uh, competed in
1: 2015? No, I would say that uh, from us PNG, we still need for more and uh, also from the other Pacific Islands. Uh, sometimes when I'm there, I'm thinking, why are they fearing this sport? I would say that this is one sport that's so maybe easy. The only thing that it's a small But <laughs> People, uh, I know that someone from Samoa once tried it and then uh, she decided to switch to something else, weightlifting or something, but that's all right. But I'm thinking that what is it that's missing that they don't share with us and then they just change their minds.
0: What other sports would you want to compete in? Uh, You know, what was in my mind when I started the
1: sports uh, way back before I joined table tennis, I thought I was going to go into canoeing. Otherwise, I would do swimming or archery. I used to go to one of these resorts, uh, Leleuwea Resort, and I snorkeled a couple of times around the island and I've done it in a quick pool too and I think, I think I
0: can do that in somewhere along the uh, pool river. Oh, I'm sure you can do anything that you put your mind to, Mede. Uh, finally, uh, tell me about your gold medals. You've, you've won so many. Where are they now?
1: Are they all here at home hanging uh, on one side of the wall in the living room. Yeah, I've got it displayed there with uh, my uh, awards,
0: yeah. Oh, how many medals do you have all together? Do you know? Oh, my gosh. I, I once counted it and I think it's over 20. Yeah,
1: it's just uh, too many, I would say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hmm. oh, I can never have too many medals, Mede. And who knows? We might see you claiming some gold medals in archery or swimming at the next Pacific Games in Tahiti. You never know. Yep. Oh, I'll give it a go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mede, thank you so much for joining me from Fiji and congratulations on everything that you've achieved. Thank you, thank you. That was Mere Rodin, Fiji's Paratable Tennis star. You've been listening to Stories from the Pacific. I'm Bobby McCumber. To catch more great stories about incredible people from the Pacific, just search for ABC Pacific. This story was produced on the lands of the Yagara and Turrbal people.